0: We're seeing God's people, Israel, as they come out of Egypt. And for over four, 430 years they've been slaves in Egypt and, and, and now in God's power. Led by Moses, they've come out and they're, they're on the way to Mount Sinai. And when they get to Mount Sinai, they're really from there, they're going to the promised land. And so if you look at it from their end of it, you say, this is the greatest thing ever, really. We've come out. We're no longer slaves. God is in control. He's leading us. We're, we're going to, we're, well, Moses told us we're basically going to Mount Sinai. And then from there, we're going back to the promised land. They're following God's direction and they're going deeper and deeper into the wilderness. And as they go into the wilderness, how are they going to make it? Because where are they going to get? where are they going to get water? And where are they going to get food? We talked last week. That, I mean, it's a huge number of people there. Two million people. I mean, it's uh, you know, 11 million gallons of water and all the food. And last time we saw that God, God's provision for the nation, And he said there will be meat in the evening and bread in the morning, and, and God's going to take care of them. And so this evening as we continue that, and that, that's, that's what he told them last time, you're going to get that. And we saw that, and we, we saw uh, the manna and the bread and that kind of thing. And we want to see this evening the issue of manna and the sabbath they were to gather this manna on six days but not on the seventh day they were to get work basically gathered on six days and rest on the sabbath it was a sabbath to the lord what's going on and when you think about the sabbath and we look at it in the scripture how does it relate to us are we under a sabbath principle at all and or are we under the sabbath or how does it all work and we're going to look at it and see how it relates to us let's start with a prayer and then we'll get right into the passage let's pray heavenly father what a great great evening thank you for the songs Lord, they're so fun to sing. Thank you, Lord, that as we look at, as, th- as we listen to the songs, as we think about the songs, as we sing these songs, we're really singing them to you, Lord. Thank you that you, you, you satisfy, that we fall on our knees, we give our lives to you. As those who have, who have trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior and, and received the gift of eternal life, then those of us, Lord, we want our lives to count for you. We want to live for you will make a difference for you. Lord, I thank you for the ones that come on Sunday night that take time out of a busy schedule, busy life, to come and to to, to be with other believers and to, to worship and to sing and to grow and to, to to make an impact, to equip one another to do ministry. So, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, as we look at your word. You teach us. Teach us now, Lord. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I think one of my favorite movies of all time, is Chariots of Fire. It's the story of Eric Little, the Scotsman who ran in the Olympic Games. I think I have three books by him uh, or about him. One, one is from his sister, uh, about his, his life. And it's a great story of his victory in the Olympic Games. But what most people don't know is, if you just saw the movie, you saw Eric Little win the, win the gold medal in the Olympic Games. But right after that, he went on to China to be a missionary and actually died in China. And, and all of his books, the first book I ever got about his life, basically chapter one is the Olympics. And the rest of the book is the rest of his life. And, and so when you think about that, it's a, it's a story. It's a strange story because it's filled with controversy. He was a sprinter. In fact, probably the best in the world at 100, 200 meters. Uh, he, he, he was uh, Great Britain's uh, hope for everything. And he made the Olympic team. And When they got over there, they got on the boat and they got over there. And when they got there, uh, he was a very religious man. Uh, and he realized he looked and he saw that the heats and the races for the 100 meters was on Sunday. And he had grown up in a tradition believing that Sunday was a Sabbath. was like a Christian Sabbath. And so he said, I cannot run on the Sabbath day. In his tradition of what he had grown up, and I think he's wrong, of course, but he was taught that the Sabbath was a special day, that you couldn't do things. And he said, I am not going to violate Scripture and run on the Sabbath day. I don't know if you know this, but when I grew up, we never went to church. Never went to church. But I can still remember that on Sunday... My mother sometimes said, you you probably shouldn't go out and play football with your friends. And I said, why? She said, well, it's it's Sunday. We didn't go to church. We didn't do anything. But for some reason, Sunday was an off day. You couldn't do anything, you know. When so Eric Little said, I can't do that. He refused to race. And, of course, England was put in a tough situation because uh, this was their hope. We understand that Sunday's not the Sabbath. And uh, he refused to run. Well, they began to look around, and they realized that if he ran the 400 meters, which he did not run, but if he ran the 400 meters, it would not any of the races be on a Sunday, and he could run. And so one of the 400-meter runners agreed to switch. And as you know the story, he not only ran the 400 meters and won, but he broke the Olympic record. He was just an amazing person. Uh, But what about this issue? We know that... The first day of the week is Sunday and the last day of the week is Saturday. And the Jewish people were to work six days and rest on the Sabbath. So the Sabbath day is actually Saturday. And uh, some people say, but Christians are to count Sunday as a Sabbath. What was the Sabbath for? And are we to keep a Sabbath? And how does all this fit? Well, as we look at our passage tonight and we continue studying the book of Exodus, we're going to talk a little bit about the Sabbath and how these things fit together. We're seeing God's provision for his people as he provides the manna. Uh, for them day after day. Well, let's, let's get a brief review that God has brought His people out of Egypt. Two million people, men and women, children, their animals, their possessions, they passed through the Red Sea. They're now on the way to Mount Sinai. As they go, they're going to have to trust God every day because two million the people uh, two million people in the wilderness, where are they going to eat? Where are they going to drink? They ran out of water. They got to a place. The water was bitter. They all began to gripe. God told Moses to take a tree, take some wood, throw it in the water. It became fine, so they drank it. They grumbled again, and, and what we've been seeing is what we call man, God, man's grumbling and God's graciousness. Here's what God told him. He said this. In the evening, I'll provide you meat. And he brought the birds. That's Exodus 16:13. He said, in the morning, I'll bring you bread. That's manna. That's verses 13, 14, and 15. God would provide every day for his people. That's what he said. Look at verse 12 of Exodus 16. This is the Lord speaking. I have heard the grumblings of the sons of Israel. Speak to them, saying... At twilight, in the evening, you shall eat meat. And in the morning, you shall be filled with bread. And you shall know that I am the Lord, your God. Every day, God would provide for them. They would go out daily. In the morning, they would gather that bread. And they must trust God that every morning, He would provide. Now, there's a thought there. What if you said, okay, I've got some manna. This Manna and the Hebrew word for man, man, basically, manna is, is Hebrew for, for what is it? Manah, mana, what is it? And they would, what if they said, okay, listen, I, what if it doesn't come tomorrow? So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get what I'm supposed to get, but I'm going to save a little bit of it out just in case we were to get up in the morning and that not be there. What if, what if somehow God forgot or God didn't do what he said? So, I'm going to have a little extra manna just in case. And what would happen if they got up the next morning? Verse 20. Says, but they didn't listen to Moses and left some part of it until morning, and it bred worms and became foul, and Moses was angry with them. You can't save it. You can't save it. And so they thought, wait a minute, we can't save it. We're gonna have to trust him every day. Back at verse four and five, the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day. Then I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. He says, I'm going to test you. Are you going to trust me? Every day I'll have the bread. On the sixth day, when they prepare it, they shall bring twice as much as they gather daily. Why? Twice as much? Because the next day was the Sabbath and they were not going to gather at all. Now we could say, well, what happens to that, that they gathered, that Win another day because we know that you, it won't last more than a day except on the the day before the Sabbath because it lasts. The part you leave over for the next day, it lasts. There are two keys for the rest of this chapter. even If you see it, it's not when, it looks like, gosh, there's not many verses, 22 through 36. Are we just going to do the whole thing? No, we're only going to do tonight, 22 through 30, because we're going to talk about manna, instructions, and concerning the Sabbath. And then next time, Verses 31 through 36. And you say, boy, that's a short little passage. But we're going to see manna and the memorial and what he says to do. And we've got some questions to raise as we look at that last part. Well, let's see what happened. Look at verse 22. Now, it came about on the sixth day. They gathered twice as much bread, two omers, one for each, Uh, when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, and we'll stop for just a second, it said on the sixth day they went out and got twice as much as they were supposed to, uh, well, twice as much as they'd been getting every day. They were supposed to get an omer for a person. They went out and got two omers for each person. That's what they do. And what they had found, it was amazing. He told them, that's what you get. They got that much. When they'd come in and they'd eat, it'd be exactly the right amount. It was the right amount every time. God always does exactly right. Now, on this day, they gathered twice as much. And then, when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, then he said to them, This is what the Lord meant. Tomorrow is a Sabbath observance, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake, and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over put aside to be kept until morning. Now, there is a principle. This idea of working and resting and working and resting. If you go all the way back to Genesis, he worked on, worked for six days, rested on the seventh. He's basically showing the Jewish people, here's your plan. There's the plan for you. Tomorrow is a Sabbath observance. It's a holy Sabbath to the Lord. What, what, what does the Lord mean? What is the plan? What is he trying to say here? Well, the word Sabbath, the Hebrew word for Sabbath means rest. The next day would be a rest day. How many of you like a rest day? How many of you like your days off? Now, most people work. In our culture, they work six days. I uh, work five days and rest two. Most do. A lot of people say they work Monday through Friday and they have Saturday and Sunday off. There are a lot of people who work six days. There are a lot of people who work irregular days. My, I work six days. I don't work I, work. I work Sunday and then I'm off on Monday and then I go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's how I work. I work six straight days and then I take Monday off. And I look forward to a Monday off. Do you look forward to your day off? Do you look forward to a time in which you rest a little bit? That's what a Sabbath is. Now, this is not the first time they'd heard about a Sabbath. It goes back to the pattern that God had shown them in Genesis chapters 1 and 2. Work six days, rest on the Sabbath. That's kind of the plan. Notice what he says in verse 23. It says, this is a Sabbath observance, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. It means a set apart day. This is the day of rest and worship and refreshment. They were to gather twice as much on the day before. So that on the Sabbath day. They didn't have to do anything. They didn't have to get up and say. "Look, I gotta, I'll be back in a little bit. I'm going to go get some man and stuff like that. And some mayonnaise and things like that. You know I've got to go do that. They don't have to do that on the Sabbath day. They can just rest. They can just rest. What you gather. Save until the next morning. They would have to trust God. That the provisions. Because you have to trust Him daily Because if left over the provisions would fail. We'd already seen that. But they have to trust God that it wouldn't. It is, I read this this quote the other day. It says Lord I have an unshakable conviction. And a positive assurance. That what you have said. Is absolutely true. you believe that? Do you believe that what you read in the Scripture is absolutely true, especially when it applies to you? When it applies to you and there's a promise or a command for each of us, do we have an unshakable conviction and a positive assurance that what he says is true? Trust and obey. That's our plan. That was their plan. But what did they do? Notice verse 24. So they put it aside until morning, just as Moses had ordered. And it did not become foul, nor was there any worm in it. Now, they did exactly what God had told them to do, or well, what Moses told them. They were on the sixth day. They went out, and they got twice as much, because he said, get twice as much, because the next day is a holy Sabbath to the Lord. You've got to have twice as much. Eat your normal amount. You'll have that left over. Just remember that normally it rots, and there's worms in it, but it won't rot this time. There won't be worms in it. Just wait. So as they set it aside till morning, just as Moses ordered, and it did not become foul, nor were there any worm in it. So it it did, just what God said. God kept his word. God kept his promise. God provides for them. And they had a rest day. Now, let me tell you, a rest day is great. When we think about Sabbath, and you think about the Scripture, and and you see at the time of Christ, and people talk about the Sabbath, I I never saw, as I read Scripture, I never saw during the time of Jesus the Sabbath as a positive day. Did you? I mean, whoa, 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 you can't do that on the Sabbath. Come over here. Who told you to carry that? Who told you you could carry that on the Sabbath day? Jesus healed somebody and they said, hey, there are six other days you could be doing stuff other than today. When you look in the Scripture at the time of Christ, Sabbath day was not a fun day. It was not an off day. You couldn't say, "Let's go ride bicycles, you can't go ride bicycles. you can't go very far, you can't do this you can't you can't do any kind of thing. Well, I think I'll just work in the garden. You can't work in the garden well i'll i'll build we'll build a treehouse for the kids. You can't build a treehouse for the kids. You can't do anything. That's what it was like at the time of Christ. So when you read the scripture like that, Sabbath is not a fun day. But when you read it here and you say, six days, you got to do stuff. On the seventh day, you don't even have to go get your food. I gave you time to get enough lat yesterday so that tomorrow you can rest. God provides for us, doesn't he, day after day. He'll supply all our needs. The Lord is our strength and our shield. He'll never leave us or forsake us. What shall we fear? When you think about it, day after day, God takes care of us over and over and over and over again. Well, look what happened. Again, so they put aside, this is verse 24, so they put aside until morning as Moses ordered, did not become foul. there was any worm in it. Moses said, eat it today, for today is the Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find any in the field. You won't find any in the field. So look what they did. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath there will be none. You have to trust God that when you look out the door, when you look out your tent, when you get up that morning, you're not going to walk outside and try to gather any. Why? There isn't any. But notice, it came about on the seventh day that some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. They didn't trust Him. They didn't believe Him. They got up and they said, I'm going to to go out and... There there are probably some out there. I'm going to go get some just in case we need it. But they went out, and they found none. And look at the response. But the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? How long? God didn't say, Listen, listen, go sit down. God said, How long are you going to continue to disobey me? It came out on the seventh day that some people went out and... Out together, they found none in the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, all the way through. It's the personal name of God. It's the personal God talking to Moses. God says to Moses, "How long are you going to refuse to keep my instructions and, my, and keep my commandments and, and my instructions? How long will you continue to not obey me?" In my two two class, we always talk about that we're sinners. With imputed sin and inherited sin and personal sins, and we always say that we sin in two different ways: commission and omission. And commission is we do things we're not supposed to do that we know we're wrong, and omission is we don't do things we're supp- we uh, don't do things we're supposed to do. And that's two ways we sin. Sometimes the Bible says don't do that and we do it. Sometimes the Bible says, do this and we don't do it. Somehow we don't think that when it says study, pray. Meet together with believers. When we don't do that, we don't think that that's wrong. Somebody says, well, you don't have to go to church. Yes, you do. If you want to be obedient, he says, seek not to forsake the assembly of, the man, uh, of, the, of yourselves as a man or some son. Yes. Somebody said, well, you don't really have to pray. Yes, you do. He said, pray without ceasing. You don't really have to give. Let every man give as he purposes his heart, not grudging necessity. He says, how long? Will you continue to not obey me? I've given you these instructions. I'll provide for you every day. On the Sabbath day, you're to rest, but you're not obeying me. He's given us the written word, which is clear, tells us the truths and principles that we are to obey. Do we oftentimes refuse to obey? I I do, right? I do. I do all the time. I just ignore it. We fail to do what he tells us. You know why? We don't trust Him. We don't trust Him. Moses tells the people, See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, He gives you bread for two days on the sixth day. Remain every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. He gives you bread for two days, for the six days, Every day, there's something. And then on the sixth day, He gives you twice as much so you can rest on the Sabbath. You've got to trust Him. He's basically saying, you've got to trust Him every day. You've got to trust Him on the sixth day. Notice, verse 30. So the people rested on the seventh day. What did they do? They obeyed. To me, that's a little strange, saying that the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, obeyed. (laughs) Because they don't normally. It's the same as us. We say, oh, we're not like them. Yes, we are. They did what God told them to do. Now... Let's take a look at the seventh day for just a second, the Sabbath that God gave to his people Israel, because there's a lot of confusion. What is this day? How does it relate to us? Do we deserve the Sabbath day? Is Sunday a Christian Sabbath? I remember the first time, because see, I never went to church, never went to anything. I never really looked at anything. And I remember I had always heard that the Sabbath day was Sunday. That's what I thought. If you have said to me when I was, went off to college, what day is the Sabbath? I'd say, well, I think Sabbath is Sunday. How many of you thought the Sabbath day was Sunday in the past? Anybody thought that? Have you ever looked at the calendar? What's the first day of the week? What is the first day of the week? Sunday's the first day of the week. You go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Six days you shall work and you shall rest on the seventh. Sunday's the first day of the week. And so I actually had a person show me. He said, here, look at the calendar. What's the first day? I said, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. There's the seventh day right there. That's the Sabbath day. What's Sunday in Spanish? Domingo? What's Saturday in Spanish? Sabado. Sabbath. Are oh, we observe the Sabbath? Is Sunday a Christian Sabbath? Let's think about this. The word Sabbath literally means rest. That's what it means. It means a rest day. It was a day given by God to His people for them to rest. What day, what day was it? It was, the, it was Saturday. The first day of the week is Sunday. The last day is Saturday. The plan was to work six days and rest on the seventh. That's it. This is the pattern given by God in the creation. The pattern will be established in the wilderness. We're seeing it right here. Work six days, rest on the seventh. When they get to Mount Sinai. They understand this is amazing. They they're going to get to Mount Sinai and they're going to stop there and they're ultimately going to get the law. And you realize that best we can tell, they stay there about a year. And then when they get when they're supposed to leave and and it's an eleven day journey from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, which is the lower part of Israel. They're just supposed to make a about an 11-day journey, and then they're ready to go in the Promised Land. We know they didn't go in, so they spent 40 years wandering around in the wilderness. So that was the pattern we're going to see. He gave them detailed instructions. I want you to, I want you to turn to Exodus 20, just, just a few chapters on up. Exodus 20, look at verse 8. Look what he says. This is part of the law, the Mosaic law. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, what does the word holy mean? It means set apart. See, when you say something, this is the Holy Bible, isn't it? It means it's the set apart what? Book. It's a set apart book. It's a special book. Anything that's holy is set apart. And so he says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it set apart, to keep it different. Why? Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. It's a rest day of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. You or your sons or your daughter, or your male or female servants, or your cattle, or your sojourn or, or, or your sojourn who stays with you. Let me stop for just a second. This was a good day. We would have a tendency to take a day off, but our servants No, you've got to serve, you gotta keep doing this. And what about our animals? What about all this? He says, Listen. You shall know any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or female servants or your cattle or anybody, even, even the people who aren't Jewish, even the people who are just with you. Everybody gets a day off. Everybody gets a day off. Here's why. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This the principle that we see. There's a Sabbath day of rest. The pattern. God said, work six, rest on seven. Now, he's given this to his people, and this is in the Mosaic law that he says you must keep it holy. Now, by the time of Christ, this day had become a day of bondage, rules heaped on the people. Jesus even said that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so when you study the New Testament, and we're seeing it, I mean, when Jesus healed... The man born blind. What was the controversy? He did it on the Sabbath day. There's another place in Matthew where Jesus does a miracle and, and they come to him and they say, there are six other days you could be doing this sort of thing. Because the Sabbath day was not a rest day. It was a day of bondage. I've told you this and you've heard me say it many, many times, but, but besides the Mosaic Law, which had the 613 commandments, there were... There were all these rules and laws and rituals and things that the that these religious leaders had made up, and and they had all these things that you could and could not do on a Sabbath day, because you know how it is with people. If somebody says, "Hey, hey, hey, this is the day off, you you can't do that," you'd say, "Well, can I can I do this? What about this? Can I do this? I mean, what can I do?" And so they had to came up with all the rules, and 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 I mean, the one of the most ridiculous ones. There were actually two that I always that I always read about and, 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 and makes you almost want to laugh. One was, what if, what if, you're, what if you get mud on you? What if, what if you're somewhere and some, some mud or something gets on your clothes on the Sabbath day? Their rule was, you could wait till it dried, and then you could hit three times. And whatever fell off, fell off. If you hit four times, you worked on the Sabbath and you violated it. A woman on the Sabbath day could not look in the mirror. Wonder why? Oh no! Oh no! And she's got to fix it, right? You can't fix it on the Sabbath day because that would be working. You can't. That was some of their rules, which were ridiculous. Jesus made it so clear. He said, "Listen. What if on the Sabbath day one of your animals fell in a hole? What would you do? Well, we go get that animal out. Why? Because we need that animal." He said, "That's that's not working." So he said, "So if an animal fell in a hole and you helped that animal on the Sabbath day, what's wrong with healing a man born blind? What's wrong with telling a man who never walked to get up and walk?" You could see their legalism, and you know, if if we lived at that time, oh, I um, I read an I read uh, an excerpt from Little House on the Prairie. You may you may have read it. I wish I'd have brought it. Uh, it's been a long time that I read that, and I won't remember everything correctly. But it was uh, from Laura Ingalls writing about what their what their Sabbath what their Sabbath days were like, because Saturday I mean Sunday and the Sabbath was the same day. And so I remember reading that it said, now this is in the Prairie Times, you know, and you remember that the the the, the one-room schoolhouse was also the church, and and so the families all lived around would go to church on on Sunday, which was their Sabbath day. And she wrote that, Mother, we ate we ate cold food on the Sabbath because Mother cooked it the night, the day before, and you couldn't eat it or redo anything with it on the Sabbath day. So we got up and we got dressed carefully, and we rode the wagon to the church, and we had the services, and we sat on the bench, and we were not allowed to move. And when the service was over, we came back home, and we ate the cold lunch because mother had to fix it the day before you couldn't fix it and the rest of the day because it was the sabbath day we could not play we could not go out in the yard and play we could sit on the bench outside the house and sit there but we couldn't move we couldn't run we couldn't play because it was a sabbath to the lord now let me ask you something that make you want to go to church That make you want to say, boy, God is a great God. I just love Him so much. It'd be so fun to get to know God. No, it wouldn't be fun to know God because God says, sit down and be quiet. Right? Isn't that what God says? I mean, how many of you love people that tell you to always sit down and be quiet? Don't you want somebody to say, hey, have some fun. Let's do something. And so because of that, that legalism taken forward, not only in the nation of Israel, but coming forward into the churches, into America, into the world. And uh, A.B. Bruce said this. He said, the Sabbath was meant to be a blessing to mankind, not a burden. It was not a day taken from man by God in an exacting spirit, but a day given by God in mercy to man. We already know how hard it is to work. And especially in this day and time and what they did. And he says, rest. By the time of Christ, the Pharisees the religious leaders had had so many rules and restrictions that it'd almost be better not to have a day off of what you think. Today, the Jewish people still observe the Sabbath day. You look at their calendar, they work six days, rest on the 7th, that's Saturday. But the two questions that I want you to think about, are we under a Sabbath or this Sabbath? And is Sunday, is this day a Christian Sabbath? Should we, should we treat this day like they treated the Sabbath? Well, first the question... Is are we under the Sabbath? The answer is no, we're not. We're not under the Mosaic law. The law system is given to the Jewish people at Mount Sinai. We're the church, the body of Christ, which is different. We have trusted Christ. We're not under the law. In fact, Romans says Christ is the end of the law to all who believe. Paul says we're not under the law but under grace. The church, the body of Christ, is not Israel. We have never been under the law of Moses. So when you think about it that way, we're not under that system. There are a lot of people who are confused and they want to say that we're still under the law or that the Christian life is a set of rules. And by the way, the top ten commandments, the, of the top ten commandments, nine of the ten are restated in the New Testament. Loving the Lord and not stealing and committing adultery. Those are restated in the New Testament. Only one of the top ten commandments is not restated in the New Testament. Do you know what it is? Keeping the Sabbath, Exactly. So are we under the Sabbath? No. Second big question is, is Sunday a Christian Sabbath? Is this a day that we as Christians should turn into, we could call it a rest day, but it's got to be a day that you have to be careful, so to speak. Uh, Is this a Sabbath day that we have to really be restricted on what we do? The answer is no. This day is never called a Christian Sabbath. In fact, it's called the Lord's Day, not a Sabbath day. It's a time for worship and refreshment, and it's not a day of restriction or laws or rules. And John, he said, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Why do we meet on the first day of the week rather than the Sabbath day? Why do we meet on Sunday rather than... because? Jesus Christ rose from the grave on the first day of the week. Why did the believers meet on the first day of the week? Because we think, we see that Jesus Christ on the Feast of first fruits, they went out on the first day of the week and he wasn't there. And they say, listen, we're going to remember that our Savior rose from the grave. Every time we come together on a Sunday, it's because we're remembering the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The believers, when they would meet together, they'd met together for worship and training on the first day of the week. Listen to this. Uh, Well, I may have it up here. Let me see. Uh, it, yeah, it, it was called the Lord's Day, not called the Sabbath. I think I have the verse. Is it First Corinthians sixteen two? They came together on the first day of the week. The believers would come together on the first day of the week. Acts twenty. Listen to this. Just cause the time don't turn there. Acts twenty verse seven. On the first day of the week, when we gathered together to break bread, Paul began talking to them, intending to depart the next day, and he prolonged his message until midnight. Now, I want you to understand something that the Jew, for the Jewish people and for the for the the believers in the first century, the church, Sunday was not a day off. It was a work day. And so they would go to work, and then in the evening they would meet together. It would be like all of us worked all day, and then we come together tonight, and we meet, and we sing, and we pray, and we give, and we have the Lord's Supper, and we did all those kind of things. That's what they would do. In Acts 20, verse 7, they came together in the evening... And Paul started to speak. And he said, I'd like to speak to you because I'm leaving tomorrow morning. I've got some things I'd like to say. And he spoke all the way to midnight without stopping. Now, if you think we go long, ever. He went for six hours. There was a guy by the name of Eutychus who was in the third floor. Third, he was in a window of this big meeting place. And he was in the third floor and he was in the window. And he got sleeping, fell asleep, and fell out the window. And, and, and he died. He hit, the, he hit the ground three stories down and it killed him. And people came to Paul and said, Eutychus just fell out the window. And he said, Eutychus too, if you fell out the window. But anyway, he said, Eutychus fell out the window. <laughs> That's how you could remember the guy's name. Paul went out and raised him from the dead. You understand that? So they met together on the first day of the week. The first day of the week is not called. A Sabbath day, it is called the Lord's Day. And they meant for worship and fellowship and the teaching of the Word and the Lord's Supper, those kind of things. If you remember in the book of Revelation, it says, John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. So the Sabbath with Saturday was for the Jewish people, a day set apart. But Sunday, we worship, I don't know if we, yeah, we worship on the first day, Sunday, because our Savior Jesus Christ rose on the first day. It's a time of worship, it's a time of joy. Listen. As believers, you should set apart Sunday to, to meet together, to come together with fellow believers and, and worship and pray and give and sing and study and make application. You have a lot of freedom. You can do anything. There's no laws or restrictions. And somebody said, like, we went to the, we, we, I went to church this morning. We, I was there.
1: I, I was there, I promise.
0: And then when church was over, I got in the car and I, I went to the wrestling match because I love wrestling. There's nothing wrong with that. They can wrestle on Sunday. We're not under the legalism and the rules. We're not under Sunday is not a Sabbath day. Now, let me tell you, there's a principle in the Scripture that you need rest. That when you continually work six straight days and you ne- seven straight days and you never take off and you never take off, you wear out. There is a principle. The reason why God said work six and rest on the seventh. For the Jewish people, He, he told them work six days and rest on the seventh. You can in our culture, most people work. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and they have two days to rest. Some have one day. Some day it's irregular, but you need some time off for refreshment. By the grace of God, most people in our culture, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then we got Saturday off to do anything we want to do. Most people do. And then you have Sunday off to do anything you want to do. But Sunday is a day as a believer, you should meet together with fellow believers to remember the resurrection of our Savior. And to come together to be wor- to worship and to be trained, all of those kind of things. So, what have we seen? Instructions concerning man on the Sabbath day, and the Jews work six days, rest on the Sabbath. and and they had to follow the plans and everything. And we and we raised the two questions: Are we under? Uh, are we under uh, the Sabbath? And we know the answer is no. Is is Sunday a Christian Sabbath? The answer is no. So let's make some application, and that's this. Let's worship our God and Savior on the Lord's Day. Let's come together and worship. Do you know that the average Christian in the United States, and I'm talking about one who is a part of a church and who would say, I go regularly to a church, and they would say they attend regularly, do you know that they go just under two times per month? Just under. So they go about every other Sunday. Uh, You know, there's some Christians that go almost every Sunday, and there's some Christians that go, just to make the average out there, probably go once every two to three months and that are connected with the church. But on the average, believers come together and gather about twice a month. I'd say you probably ought to come more than that. I'd say you realize that this is a day to worship your Savior corporately, corporately. There's an aspect in the scripture that he says you corporately gather. You can say, well I'm by myself I'll go get off in the woods and I'll be by myself and I can worship God. Sure you can. You can worship God anytime, any place, anywhere. He says to gather together with fellow believers and we do that on the first day of the week. So we should do that. Let's worship him and, and, and we come together for worship and we come together to be trained. That's the why we teach the scripture. The reason we teach the scripture is to be trained. So that we can make application in our lives and that we can make an impact. Second, have an understanding. Have an understanding of the issues of the Sabbath and the Lord's Day. Because you'll run into people who actually think that today is the Sabbath and that we violate God's laws when we do anything other than maybe just go to church and be careful. Uh, we don't see, I see legalism, I see it in a different way but nowadays, but there's still people who who hold to this uh, and, and really are strong about it. Third, trust God, trust and obey God daily. That's what they had to do every day. They had to trust Him. We're going to see that they they don't always do a very good job of it, but the truth is we don't always do a very good job of it either. And we look at what they did, where they went, and we see that they were supposed to trust Him. I love verse 30. It said, so the people rested on the seventh day. They did what they were supposed to do. May we worship our God as we gather together on the Lord's day, and may we trust Him and obey Him daily. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a great night. Thank you, Lord, for the principles and truths from your word. And, Lord, as we look at this and realize how you dealt with the nation of Israel and how what you told them even here, and then as they went and got the, the law system, it was very exact and specific, we thank you, Lord, that, that there is a time that we can rest, that we're to rest weekly, knowing that if we continue to work, 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 we'll wear out, Lord, because you know what you made us, you created us, you, you have a pattern. Lord, we thank you that, in a sense, we're not under the Sabbath day, under the Mosaic law, And the the restrictions that were there, there were some. We thank you, Lord, you've given us great freedom and that we worship on the Lord's day, on the first day of the week. And we have freedom to worship and to gather together. And so, Lord, I just pray that the believers in in our local body, that they'll make a commitment to come together as often as they can on the first day of the week to worship and to be trained and equipped and to give and to pray and to grow and to have an impact for Jesus Christ. So that as we're Worship and are trained, we can go into this community with the truths of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, anybody Am got any questions, comments, anything? Yes, yeah. Let me get this and then we'll get you. Yeah. I I can't hear you, I'm sorry. Sorry, the seventh day. Right. Well, I, I would I would say that it was a day of worship. It was, yeah. He said the seventh day Adventists. When you think about them, they they're they're still under the law. They believe that the Christian life is lived by the law, and so that's why they worship. And they they got it right in one sense. If they're going to say that they're under the law, then they worship on Saturday, and they do worship on Saturday. I always I always feel. Sad when I go by, going go into a ball game and they're all in there. And I go, God, they're missing that ball game. But anyway, that's sad. But that's just the way it is. But, but the Sabbath was a day set apart to worship. It was a day of rest. It was a day of refreshment. It was a day of worship. But the Jewish people had, had got in their midst and they were to worship him all the time, just like we do as well. What were you going to say? So that, did they go to church on, on, on that day? They went to what, do you know what church they went to? Seventh-day Adventist. Seven okay, exactly. So but yeah. when they came home, they stayed in their house, and the children were not allowed to come out yeah. of the way. Yeah, well, right. If, if you put yourself under law, then you should probably do everything on Saturday. If you... Well, my mother said you you shouldn't probably play football on Sunday, meaning go out and play with all the guys. Because in her mind, she grew up in Mississippi, rural Mississippi, and Sunday was sort of like a Sabbath day. It wasn't all the rules and restrictions in the same way as, as Little House on the Prairie, but it was still the idea that that was a day probably you shouldn't do anything. And just as Eric Little believed that you should not do anything on the sabbath which he thought sunday was the sabbath day the christian sabbath so it kind of breaks your heart there he still got his medal yeah okay, the because the reason we're not in the mosaic law is that the mosaic law was given to the nation of israel And the church, the body of Christ, is not the nation of Israel. And uh, what God did is when the Jewish people, when Jesus died on the cross and paid for sin and rose again, God, in a sense, set apart the Jewish people, set them aside for a while, and he's using now what he calls the body of Christ, which is made up of Jews and Gentiles who believe in Jesus. He places them in the body of Christ, which is called the church. And so we're not under Mosaic law, and we're we're not Israel. So we're not under that system which is really good because there's 613 commandments, which if you put yourself under Mosaic Law, uh, you need to live by the Mosaic Law. And that's a lot of different things. And, you know, people don't know what all that is, but if anybody's got any, any clothes on that has two different types of, of material, you can't wear that. And you couldn't plant certain, you couldn't plant two different things in your garden, not in the same place. And there are all kinds of restrictions and things under the Mosaic Law. God did that to set the Jewish people apart, to make them, as he called them, a peculiar people. Not weird, but peculiar, meaning separate and different than everyone else because they had the true God. And he wanted the people to look at the nation of Israel and go, they're different. They they have different foods. They have different clothes. They have different ways to worship. And they wanted them to see that. So we're not into that. Thank the Lord. Yeah, I think. Yes. fulfill the law exactly when he said he did not come to destroy the law but to fulfill it how did he fulfill the law first of all he's the only one that ever kept it perfectly so he fulfilled it that way second he fulfilled it because he took the penalty the law said the soul that sins shall die and so jesus said i will die in the place so not only did he fulfill it by keeping it perfectly because he never sinned did everything exactly right that's why the question the question would be raised is jesus coming to this particular feast there were three feasts that every jewish male had to come to under the mosaic law One was the Feast of Booths. When Jesus told his brothers he wasn't coming up at that time, he's coming, just not at that time. Because under Mosaic law, you had to come to the Feast of Booths. So he's going to come, just not that day. And uh, so, yeah, so he fulfilled it perfectly, not only by keeping it, but by paying the penalty as well. What else? Anything else? Will Any of you grow up thinking that Sunday was a day you really shouldn't do hardly anything but maybe go to church. Did you think that? You you did, I know. You too? Anybody else? Y'all talk? Yeah. I guess I was taught that a little bit without ever going to church because we never went to church. And by the way, I did play football a lot on Sundays with my friends. Where would he go? I don't know. He's outside. All right. Okay, anything else? All right, thanks so much for coming.